We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay. With me, as always, my guy, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we have some special guests on the show today. Jack, who's riding with us on the buzz? We've got Hassan. We've got a VJ. We've got a Jake. We've got a Max. So many names. I'm not going to be able to keep up with it, but the listeners will be because they're much smarter than I am. Guys, how are we doing? Doing great. Doing great. That's world. All right. We got a full party. Like Jack said, we got Hassan. We got Jake. We got VJ. We got Max. We're excited. This is the fan edition of the Brooklyn Buzz. We're going to let these guys share their thoughts because the buzz isn't anything without the listeners. So, But as always, you can find us on all streaming platforms, including otgbasketball.com, netsrepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. But guys, most important thing before we talk about anything is how did you become a Nan? Uh, what do we got? I became a fan around the 2012-2013 season. I really hated uh, LeBron James and the Miami <laughs> Heat. <laughs> So I was looking for a team that, you know, wasn't too good where I'm hopping on a bandwagon, but wasn't bad enough to where they had no hope. So I saw D. Will, Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez, Andre Blotch, Reggie Evans. Like, they had a really good squad. So I felt like they could be that dark horse contender. And uh, I've been a fan ever since. Love it. Jake, what's the story? So uh, I'm a Jersey guy, I'm uh, Union County, um, and uh, yeah, you know, I around Vince Carter times, like, I vaguely remember the finals, but I remember, like, having Vince Carter and Richard Jefferson, and that was really dope, and then very soon after, they were the worst team in the league, but, you know, it's, it's been a crazy ride, and, you know, it's so exciting. BJ, what do you got? Yeah, so uh, I grew up in New Jersey, uh, so story with me is I became a Nets fan through my parents. Uh, my dad was looking for something to help me assimilate <laughs> to America. 
um, and uh, the most affordable sports sporting team he could find was the Nets. So uh, we ended up <laughs> cheap going tickets to... for you too, <laughs> right? Exactly. So yeah, it was either that or the uh, the other team in Manhattan, but um, that we were more affordable. So uh, yeah, we ended up going to some games, and uh, my first memory is the '96 uh, NBA draft, which was at Continental Lines Arena, where uh, we took Curry Kittles. Nice. That's his history. <laughs> Your dad made a good wow. choice, or you'd be screwed right now if you were a Knicks fan. So that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Max. What's the story, my friend? Uh, so my dad uh, was a fan from when he was in his youth, uh, and then when he got to high school, college age, uh, he got a summer job working with the Nets. He was you know rebounding the ball, driving around the rookies, worked with Willis Reed, was in the draft room. So he's been a fan his whole life. He had season tickets at one point when they were in New Jersey. And then I really started to follow every game around the 2013-14 uh, season. And I really just connected. I mean, Joe Johnson, Paul Pierce, Garnett, they were all kind of slower but shifty players, at least when they were a little younger. And I really connected to that the way I played basketball because, you know, I wasn't the quickest guy in the court. And I just thought, wow, man, if I could shoot like that and, you know, have that IQ, that'd be crazy. Jack, obviously most of the listeners know how we became fans, so we're not going to jump into that. But Guys, episode one, Nick, about like yeah. 380 episodes ago. If you want to go back through the archives of the Brooklyn Buzz, um, yeah, we're pretty damn awkward speaking on that episode. <laughs> I, can, I can attest to that. Yeah, I mean, if you go out there and you do the homework and you can tell us how we became Nets fans, maybe we'll send you a Brooklyn Buzz t-shirt. But uh, moving on from there, guys, obviously we've dealt with a lot of painful seasons, as mentioned, you know, 12 and 70 and all this and all the bad decisions and all the terrible trades with Boston and Paul Pierce and all that. But right now, in 2021 the nets are arguably the best team in the league it looks like they're set to at least go to the nba finals and have a really good chance of winning it now before we talk about you know what we expect this season let's talk about the player that you've enjoyed watching the most this year is it a bruce brown is it a nick claxton is it the great kevin durant kyrie irving james harden hassan who's your guy who have you enjoyed the most this season and hassan if you don't answer joe how is you getting kicked <laughs> off the pod <laughs> I would say James Harden because I remember, you know, the whole summer, uh, everyone was saying, oh, you know, James Harden's going to get traded for Karis LeVert, Jared Allen. You know, I didn't want to give up anything because I thought he was going to just ruin the chemistry. But to see him like completely transform, like he's finding like 20 passes to Bruce Brown, getting Claxton involved, getting Joe Harris involved, making sure Katie and Kyrie, when they do play with him, uh, are getting their touches. So he's just done a great job of being a really good teammate. So for me, it's James Harden. Jake, who are we loving? I would have to agree. James Harden. Um, it, we have a stacked roster where it seems like one to 10, like everyone is lovable and is elite in certain areas. So, you know, everyone's so fun to watch, but Harden, he, he joined this team and he became like the ringleader of this team he he becomes the engine which the team runs and uh he's so smooth and it just feels like every possession is a positive possession like you just think you know they're gonna get a three-pointer they're gonna get foul they're gonna get a floater like uh i just feel like every game he plays he plays 35 40 minutes like we have you know we have a better shot than anybody in the league in winning any given any given game aj is a james like Harden, it's someone else <laughs> I was going to say Harden, but I'll, I'll go to my second choice. Uh, it's uh, probably Bruce Brown, or as I like to tell my friends, Bruce Jammer. 
because <laughs> um, you know just the level of effort he plays on every play and just just the general emotion that he carries himself with is you know really makes me jump out of my couch <laughs> when I watch him play and how he flexes obviously I don't have muscles but yeah you know, I try he's got the juice for all of us exactly uh, I'm gonna have to go with Kyrie uh, as someone who's been from Jersey and I've followed the high school scene uh, more recently, uh, guys like Javon Quinterly, Nas Reed, uh, I just love that style. I read all these kind of younger guys coming up, try to like emulate him. They try to really use that style. He's the first real point guard in the NBA to have that street ball field, but still be able to like finish at that level and hit jump shots and do more than just dribble. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think that is true. Like the style in which he plays, you don't necessarily see a player. You know, we've seen some street ball-esque players in the NBA, but not to the level in which Kyrie Irving, obviously being one of the best point cards in the league, arguably, you know, top 10, top 15 player. But I mean, for me, I've, I've really enjoyed James Harden. Like it's just been so fun to watch him kind of almost micromanage the game to an extent. Just every possession, doesn't matter the shot clock, doesn't matter the matchup, never really feels rushed. But Jack, I don't need to ask you this question because I think we all know, we probably know too much about your love for Joe Harris at this point. Look, it's it's an easy question. It's an easy answer. But I, the reasons why aren't because of the same reasons that it's been for the past three years that we've been doing this podcast. They seem to be, I seem to get new reasons every single game that Joe Harris, whether it's a new headband, whether it's a new head start, <laughs> it's a new tattoo. But everything he does on the court has been goddamn incredible as well. He's putting up historic numbers. All of these guys are putting up historic numbers. It's just incredible how dominant this team has been and all of us have sort of spoken about our history with the, with the team i'm the biggest bandwagon here i joined probably the latest out of all you lads but in saying that i, I still feel so damn connected to this team and you know the the passion that we've all got and and the drive and, and the desire that we want these guys to do well and james harden's seamless fit and you know his leadership that he's brought across his ability to turn bruce brown into the rudy gobert and Joel and beat in the pick and roll um kevin durant obviously being goddamn kevin durant kyrie irving being a one-man highlight reel we are we are like so damn lucky to be nets fans at this point in time this season because i know that i my fandom hasn't been going on that long but even, you know, I've, I've gone through some of the doldrums and, and such. It's when we first begun the podcast, funnily enough. So I'm not taking any of these games for granted. I'm enjoying the journey because while it's all about that destination, we want that ship, we want the Larry OB, I'm going to enjoy every night. I'm going to enjoy every conversation with the Nets fan, every podcast I do, every tweet I put out. Because this journey, it's it's just a fun ride, guys. It's a fun ride. Yeah, I'm still surprised no one said Nicky Claxton, though. That's that's our guy. That's he our... looks the best, man. Like, <laughs> as soon as, like, oh, dude, like, his hair, like, when I saw in the offseason that he, he got the blonde locks, I'm just like, all right, we officially have not only the best team in the NBA, we have the sexiest team in the NBA. <laughs> we got a bunch of good-looking dudes on this squad, man. It's it's hard to take sometimes because it makes me feel <laughs> a little bit insecure about my own aesthetics sometimes. You know, I do okay. Yeah, yeah we I cover can, all aspects oh, on the buzz. Just a tap. If I can add just one thing on Harden is, like, a lot of times you'll hear about superstars, you know, they talk about sacrifice and, you know, it doesn't necessarily materialize on the court. And the fact that, you know, he said the right things coming in and then you really see it translate onto the floor is, you know, something I've truly been surprised by, to be honest, based on yeah. what you've heard. 
the way he adapted to the Nets in his game has been crazy, just considering the way he's played the last couple of seasons. And I remember talking with Jack before the season started, and obviously with the James Harden rumors. It was like I was slightly worried about him incorporating himself into the team mid-year, but it's it's gone almost more than ideal. Like he's playing at an MVP level, and he's you know, like Jack and I have discussed, arguably playing the best overall basketball of his career. But Talking about this year again. Hassan, One thing I wanted oh, to ask ahead, before, quickly on James Harden, because he is the topic of the hour. He is absolutely dominating. You know, the MVP conversation around him. Just a quick one-word answer. Hassan, we'll go Hassan, we'll go through. Where does he rank for you right now in the MVP rankings? Obviously, there's Embiid, there's Jokic, there's LeBron. You know, Kevin Durant's probably our best player. And if he was playing all the games, we'd probably have him up there. But James Harden right now, Hassan, where is he in the MVP rankings? Uh, for me, he's first. Um, yes, <laughs> I don't think he's going to win it because I feel like, um, oh, sorry, it was one word thing. Yeah, here you could just go one, then we'll move on. I know you guys got plenty to say about James Harden. He's been incredible. <laughs> but, uh, Jake, give us, where's he ranked for you? Uh, it, you know, one in my heart, obviously, but uh, I, I'd say, I could say at worst three just because of the impact on this team. And I just feel like if you're the, you know, the best player on, I think, at the end of the season, they'll have the best record, you know, in the East. You know, how do you not give that guy MVP? BJ? BJ? Three. I'll stick to the rules. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to go I'm also gonna go three. Uh, just the way he's been carrying our team. I think he's going to get hurt when Durant returns and the way he started the season. But if you were able to look at just the greatest overall stretch, it's definitely hardened from that stretch, but overall, right. probably not. Yeah, and this will be something we dive deep into as the season progresses. As you guys kind of said, the higher the Nets are, the more likely it is he has an opportunity. Obviously, that guy, Joel Embiid, is playing really well, LeBron, Jokic. But um, moving on from there, Hassan, favorite win of the season? And like I said before we hopped on, this could be a personal favorite. Maybe you have a friend that talks a little bit too much shit, or you, know, you just hated this team your whole NBA watching career. Uh, I would say... Um... The one that comes to mind is that Phoenix game. Mm. You know, no KD, no Kyrie. And I remember, I think it was midway through, like, the second or third, I was like, oh, man, it's it's going to be horrible. I don't want to watch anymore. And then I was like, let me just see what happens. And then chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And then that step back three to take the lead, mm. I just went nuts. So, for me, I'll go with that game. Uh, what are you wrong with, Jake? For me, I would, I would have to say um, uh, January 13th against the Knicks, which was the day of the Harden trade. Um it was Durant and the role players, and, you know, throughout the whole game, you know, you knew they were going to win, you know, without a doubt, and you just knew elite help was coming on the way. It was so exciting. Got, like, seven players healthy that game. It was insane. AJ? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, it'd be the December 22nd, the first game against the Warriors, uh, just to see KD out there in a real game for the first time and with Kai and just... You know, just spending two and a half hours just, you know, cackling maniacally on my couch <laughs> while we kind of embarrassed the Warriors without much stress. Yeah. I mean, seeing KD was almost a real, it still doesn't feel right. real because he's only played 18 games. It's like, oh, yeah, we're talking James Harden. We have this other seven foot god in our team that's just murdering people on the basketball court. But, Max, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to have to say that first win over the Jazz just to watch Jared Allen have his breakout game. Uh, rooting for him for the past three or four years, just watching him really do everything we've been rooting for him to do. He got away, I remember a couple years ago, we were saying he should shoot jumpers, and to see him just be like, nah, I know what I'm good at, 
I know what I'm sticking to. I'm going to go to the post. I'm going to hit that little jump hook, get rebounds, block shots, get steals, do everything we want him to do. It was just amazing to really see that all come together. Yeah, Max is trying to make us cry on here, bringing up Jared Allen. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Some sad memories there. Jack, what was your favorite win of the season? Look, I mine was the Phoenix Suns. I got a little bit too hyped and posted some stuff on Twitter and uh, also on on the buzz. Nick and I weren't expecting to do the buzz. We always we're always in the DMs, you know, behind the scenes and like, oh man, do we really want to do a buzz after this one if the Nets are losing by twenty? It's like, all right, let's just give it some time. And then it, it happened, you know. Hassan hit it on the head there. To give it a different answer, I love to set the first Celtics game, which was you know the game following the Golden State one. Seeing just like Kyrie Irving just like destroy Marcus Smart and the Boston Celtics defense. And I have a lot of respect for Boston because I should hate them more than I do. But because they've got such lovable guys, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they've got just such all great draft picks. Uh, yeah, all, all that <laughs> draft picks. Yeah, that's a fair, fair point to that. And also just to, we got the Kyrie Sage moment as well. Uh, I think that's, and, you know, we got Kyrie, we live, baby. It was just, uh, that to me was sort of the solidifying being like, okay, the Nets can do a little bit of defense here as well because we didn't see it necessarily against Golden State, but we saw glimpses and signs then. And unfortunately, uh, during that game, you know, we, we had, there was ups and downs moments, but to me, it, it does stick out as much as uh, any other game this season. And man, it seems to me we've been spoiled for moments that we've got five different answers. Nick, I don't know if you've got the same one, but I, I will go with the Suns, but I did love that Celtics win too. Yeah, the Suns emotionally was probably the biggest one, but I think like I'm always looking for like meaningful things. That win against the Clippers, you know, with all three, everybody healthy, that felt like a playoff game. It felt like it mattered. The Clippers wanted that one. The Nets weren't even like fully locked and loaded chemistry wise at that point. They still beat them and they beat them again later down the line without Kevin Durant. So beating those quality teams is always something I'm going to love. And the Nets have been doing that a lot this year. Life is too short to sleep between anything less than really nice sheets. But maybe you looked at some of the retailers and calculated the years of interest you'd pay on just one set and gave up. Trust me, go check out brooklinen.com. So Brooklinen was started by Rich and Vicky, who also tried to find beautiful home essentials that didn't cost an arm and a leg. And when they couldn't find them, they founded Brooklinen as the first direct-to-consumer bedding company. They work directly with manufacturers to make luxury available directly to you without the luxury level markups. Brooklinen has a variety of sheets, colors, patterns, and materials to fit your needs and taste. And Brooklinen is so much more than sheets. They've got comforters, pillows, towels, and even loungewear, and more. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code BACKBOARD to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more. Plus, free shipping. That's Brooklinen dot com and enter promo code backboard to get $25 off when you spend $100 or more brooklinen.com and use promo code backboard at checkout now to make the nets a better team obviously they're limited in what they can do in terms of trades we've used a ton of our assets to acquire the great james harden but there is the potential of some buyout candidates and andre drummond Otto porter you know some guys like that trevor ariza and we could probably make some minor trades possibly moving a spencer dinwiddie hassan is there any specific player or move you'd love to see the nets make over this you know next couple weeks uh i'd like to see them get a big in some way shape or form like you mentioned with uh like whether it's a, a Robin Lopez or an Ed Davis or just someone, because I remember back in that 2019 playoff series where uh, Ed Davis got hurt and it was just yeah. Jared Allen. And then 
Rondi Hollis Jefferson was trying to guard Boban Majanovic, so <laughs> I think I think we're gonna need uh we're gonna need at least one Bring more. Bring back player. Rondé, man. Let's get Rondé back in it, right, Hassan? Yeah, RHJ, I miss that guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, one big and hopefully a wing. Like I love Roberson, but at least someone who could give you somewhat of a, a little more offense. What do you think, Jay? Um. So. I, you know, I, I, there's been a lot of talk that the Nets need a big, but right now after getting Blake Griffin, I'm pretty confident that, you know, that they have four guys that can effectively play the five, um, in Claxton, in Jordan, in Durant, in Jeff Green. Um, I don't want to jinx the Drummond stuff. If he comes to the team, that's great. But, uh, JJ Redick and, uh, PJ Tucker, I think if they can get buyouts and come for the vibes, that, I think <laughs> that would complete the roster. This team's all yeah. about vibes. <laughs> VJ, any more vibe candidates? <laughs> I think we need to just, uh, you know, complete the Sean Mark starter pack and hopefully get Auto Porter. Love it. <laughs> and that would be like the perfect wing defender and three three and D guy, I should say, uh, to complete the rotation, in my opinion. Max, what are we thinking? Uh, I love the idea of a PJ Tucker or an Otto Porter just to get that wing defense. But in terms of a move, I don't. I was almost thinking more of a coaching move. I'd like to see some variability. I love the small ball; it works great. But I think when you're going to a playoff series, you need to have a lot of different options. And I think we should experiment a little bit with maybe some more Durant at the three, some Claxton at the four. Maybe if that's with Blake Griffin to get the spacing there. That's a great point. I mean, I think obviously now the Nets have an opportunity where they can try out some big lineups. They actually have some forwards on this roster and some versatility there, so that should be fun. I mean, like VJ said, I'm really big on the Otto Porter thing. I think that would I'd be almost ideal. It's just, will Chicago buy him out? I'm mm-hmm. not really sure about that. So uh, obviously, you know, P.J. Tucker, J.J. Redick, Andre Drummond, all those guys would be great, and there's some potential there. Jack, any specific player you want, like other than Joe Harris's clone? <laughs> oh, well, JJ Redick is basically an older version of that. A handsome white dude who can shoot some threes pretty damn well and is also awesome on the microphone. I, I've, all, I've been all in on Thaddeus Young. I know I saw the reports that uh, Chicago is saying that he's off limits. You know, I'm, I'm, I like Garrett Temple. I'd love to bring him back as well. Just veteran guys that I know that can contribute in the rotation, the playoffs. You know, I'm, I'm not necessarily totally confident in, in Blake Griffin at, at this point in time, but it's worth the veteran minimum. You know, guys, all the guys that have been mentioned um, by the by the dudes here today, you could easily make an argument for, for the taxpayer MLE or for a, the disabled player exception. I think all of those players deserve it in some realm or another. And I think out of all those names, I think the Nets do get one Mick do you think that they get at least one of the guys that we've been sort of talking about whether it's a big or whether it's a wing yeah I mean I think if definitely if they're hypothetically all bought out there's a chance maybe the Nets could get two of them who really knows just the way the hype has been in Brooklyn like you guys said all about the vibes I mean I think the vibes are cooking so we'll see what happens there and I mean why not like I want to win a championship I'm going to get extra money because the Nets have the taxpayer mid-level exception and they have the disabled player exception so that's some extra cash they can throw out there but um other than the moves, guys, obviously, second half of the season is literally starting. By the time this drops, I think it'll be t- the next day. So what is your prediction for the second half of the season? You could give us a win, win-loss win record. You can give us the seeding. You can give us a playoff prediction, finals, championship, whatever you want. This is your chance to drop your take and then go back to it and be like, yo, I got the receipts. So, Hassan, what do you got? Uh, I think they finish. Um, I think they're going to go for it. I think they finish first uh, in seeding. And I think they uh, they won the championship in five. 
Love this four guy. Five. Yes. <laughs> Over who? Job. Over who? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna say the Clippers. Okay. Okay. Jake, what do you think? Um, I think the Nets are gonna have like a crazy win streak. I think they're gonna have like a 15 to 20 game win streak where it seems like. Oh man, like I, I, you let the Nets get Blake Griffin and, and all these dudes. I, I think it's going to be scary hours time, second half. <laughs> Lemon pepper freestyle time. BJ, what do you think? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I think they will finish with the one seed in the East. I think they will go to the finals. But I, I just don't trust myself enough to be lucky enough to see my team win a championship yet. BJ, I, but, I, I respect the history. <laughs> Because I don't. I don't like. I think. I think we lose to the Lakers. I want to be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong because I'm usually wrong. So <laughs> we're gonna lose to Alex Caruso. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think AD, I think AD will come back. I think they'll be really cautious. I think it might cost the Lakers a few seed lines, but you know, come playoff time, it's probably not gonna matter for them because they still have the two best players on the court most nights. Um, until they play us, then it kind of gets to leave and it'll, I think it'll be a great series. But uh, that's where I'll stop my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> Max, what are we thinking? Uh, so I'm thinking that Bruce Brown is going to start shooting at least league average on corner threes. I just I believe in his release. I think he's getting so wide open that it's going to start going down. And then I also think that Claxton is going to prove to be a valuable rotation piece in a playoff series. It might not be everyone, but I think there's at least one of the series on the way there. Claxton is going to prove uh, pivotal. Love it, guys. Obviously, we're hoping the Nets pull off a championship. Jack and I will save our predictions maybe for a little bit later. But um, as most of you know, I'm the optimistic one. And I've already talked about the Nets landing the one seed and winning a championship from the start of the season, not after the James Harden I trade. will say the reason why I think Jake's winning streak prediction could be likely is, as we alluded to when we saw the schedule drop, the Nets have one of the easiest, if not the easiest, schedule of any team. They've played all their games. games less games, they can rest guys, and that's where you can go, well, are they really going to go for it, or are they going to be conservative? If Kai's got a, the, the shoulders niggling a little bit, if James Harden's played 40 minutes night after night after night after night, is he actually is he going to want to take a game off, or is he going to be in the MVP race? So I think that there is a really high likelihood for teams like us, the, the, the Jazz, the Lakers, who have you know easy schedules and not a heap of amount of games in comparison to teams like the Spurs, the Wizards, and, and Toronto and such. So I think that it's a, it's not just a, a biased opinion you can literally back it up with like look you know 538 says this the strength of schedule tankathon says this so i think that the nets are going to have a really good streak um at, at one point in time whether it's eight games 10 games 12 games 15 games um, as long as we're playing quality basketball the rest will take care of itself yeah, it feels like it'd also be like a signature streak. You know, some of these right. great teams just go on these runs and you're just like, oof, that's kind of like what this Nets team is going to have. And like Jake mentioned, I think getting Blake Griffin, I think Blake's going to have some major juice. You guys are unprompted for this question, but I think it's fitting during the, the timely signing of Blake. What are your expectations of Blake Griffin for the Nets? You know, it could be as small as he'll sit the bench in the playoffs or are you expecting to play a big role in the postseason? I think he's going to fill that role that almost in a way that we thought Harris would fill just in terms of when he comes in off the bench, he's going to provide a little bit of a break for whatever superstar is in with him, right? So earlier on, we had a Durant Kyrie. We kind of started trying to, you know, shift their minutes and letting them play, but still letting Harris lead the game. I think he can play from that elbow and hit Cotters, hit Joe Harris or Landry Shamit or Tyler Johnson off some pin downs really be a playmaker to give our guys a rest even when they're on the floor. 
Right. AJ, what are we thinking? Yeah, I mean, similar thoughts. I think, like, one of the things that he's really developed over the years is his passing ability. And, you know, everyone criticizing him, or not, like, the people kind of not liking this move because of his diminished athleticism over the past few seasons, you know, missing those improvements that could really, you know, be a boon for the second unit and, you know, give Harden a little breather here and there to have someone who can actually run a little point forward and still get the other guys open looks would be very useful um, for the long haul here. Jake? I honestly feel like, um, you know, we have to see how he does health-wise, but I just feel with his talent and the position he's in with all the talent around him, I feel like he has the potential to be in our closing lineups in some meaningful games. I feel like he could be a meaningful small ball five where, I don't know, maybe it's Kyrie, Harden, Harris, Durant, Griffin. Like, that might be the best lineup in the league. Pro. I mean, obviously, I think it now gives them some depth in in a certain point in time at a a, a position that we didn't think we would have depth after the Harden trade. But Hassan, what do you think? Uh, I agree with everyone's sentiments. Um, I think the thing that I was happy about his signing is I feel like he's going to give the Stars uh, some breathers. I feel like James Harden never sits down. So (laughs) I think um, he's going to give him some relief. And I think he can also give... Not play like Nick Claxton, but whenever Clax is in the game, like everyone's smiling, everyone's happy. I think it could be a rejuvenating experience for Blake Griffin. Yeah, I think that's the biggest question is how motivated is he? How What does his body look like? Obviously, we saw that picture circulating on Twitter today, him meeting with Steve Nash at their restaurant. He looks locked in, ready to go. So it, it's really exciting, obviously. It's just funny the fact that the Nets have all these big names where five years ago we would have died to just have one of these guys, and now they're all on the Nets. It's just it's really incredible. But, um, Jack, anything else you want to throw at these guys before we let them throw questions at us? Yeah, something that I didn't mention on the mailbags and Griffin signing pod, uh, Steve Jones brought this tweet out. He's been shooting 44% yep. on open threes. A lot of the threes that Blake Griffin has been taking the past couple of seasons where he has shown improvement have been self-created. They aren't going to be self-created when you've got James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, maybe Bruce Brown, uh, and maybe Tyler Johnson with the ball in their hands. Blake Griffin is going to hit more threes than he has hit. I think the stats aren't going to be reflective of what we've seen. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. But I also do think, you know, as we were sort of alluding to, against second units, Blake Griffin is still a mightily talented player. And if he's going up against the backups of any other team, he's going to outperform them because he's just simply more talented at so many different areas, as all the guys have alluded to. So if it was just like we needed Blake Griffin to do something, he has to be contributing in some form or another and yes it doesn't make sense defensively blah 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 but i just think it gives you versatility and variety um in ways that i think could only enhance the team uh, and it's certainly worth giving him you know 1.2 million dollars and uh, i love the, the the blake griffin's bone i love the ama yet on bleach report i uh, wish i could be a fly on the wall at that <laughs> cafe uh hopefully the lads had their masks on as they were walking out i trust steve nash to do that there's, an, there's not enough time yet he's doing the tom Thibodeau and bringing it down to yell at the refs but uh, in saying that um i'm all about it and, and i think he's gonna bring something to the team uh, in that second unit really really excited to see him on the short roll as sort of max was alluding to him passing through the elbow action um, and, and playing alongside james harden i just think that there's going to be something out he's gonna he's gonna give us some highlights no doubt about it yeah, and kind of like what Max mentioned before is that it gives them an opportunity to throw a different look out. 
You know what I mean? This is another tool Steve Nash has. You know, I think back to that Raptors team that recently won a championship. They could just hit you with so many different lineups. They essentially had a counter for everything. Where the Nets might not have the defensive counters, they literally have an offensive counter for everything in the book. But, um, guys, any questions you want to throw at Jack and I? Uh, I got one. I just wanted to ask, um, what made you guys want to become uh, podcasters? Like, what was the inspiration? You doing, um, I mean, Jack and I um, actually hit it off recording another podcast. We were recording the outlet, which I do is just general NBA stuff and related to OTG basketball. And Jack was like a guest on. This is the first time I literally met him. We hit it off. And I want I know I wanted to start a Nets podcast because I've been obsessed with the Nets ever since I can remember. And I met this Australian dude and he was just awesome. And I was just like, all right, Jack, you know, I want to do this podcast. Are you down? He said he was down. Next thing you know, the buzz is where it's at. It started something small, but... It's been awesome, and obviously the progress of the team, the work that Sean Marks has done, the players, the coaching staff, I think it's made it even better. And obviously the biggest thing has been, you know, the listeners and the support we've received. It just gives you extra motivation. Obviously, like seeing the fans happy and stuff has just been awesome. So just really the basis of the creation is also just my natural obsession with the Nets. Yeah, I'm uh, slightly less obsessed, but I, I, my obsession <laughs> He's more has obsessed own... with specific players. I'm more obsessed with the team. <laughs> I mean, my obsession is, is certainly there. Like today at work, I was lucky enough to be able to wear the spread, spread Lovitz, the Brooklyn Way, and that's sort of one of my favorite pieces of clothing. But yeah, I, I joined Nick's website, Um I had my own podcast, similarly, a general NBA one, JBT, with uh, another Aussie bloke. And um, I told Nick about it. He's like, oh, you go for the Nets. Let's let's try something. And um, funny enough, this was while I was living in London. So there was another time difference that we had to deal with. I was staying up to all hours of the day. Now he's staying up to all hours. And we, we make it work in, in different iterations. of, of No of sleep till Brooklyn, bro. No sleep. <laughs> Man, so many goddamn Brooklyn puns today. It's going to be funny. Um, but yeah, in saying that, I think I just like talking, uh, being stupid um, with a with a mate who's much smarter than me and, and brings out um, the stupidity and hopefully somewhat humor um, in, in, in just the, my fandom. I just love talking about this team um, more than anything else and talking about it with some other people that enjoy it as well. It only solidifies that love. 100%. Anything else, fellas? Uh, I was going to ask... Uh, if you guys have, we've been watching the Nets for so many years. If you guys have any former Nets you like watching whenever you see them on League Pass, or maybe you see them in a retired players league, kind of like a Joe Johnson. I love watching whenever I see him come on, whether it's the Big Three or whatever league he's playing USA Basketball. I'm in love. But is there any former Nets that you like watching when you see them come on? I mean, I'm super excited to see Karis LeVert return for the Pacers right off the bat. I mean, that's obviously most of you guys know that's was my favorite player on the Nets. So um, it's a little bittersweet seeing him out there. But I've also always loved Brooke Lopez, you know, a guy that literally never complained about being in trade rumors every single year, played hard, took his game to another level. And obviously he adapted with the Bucks. So I, I'm not rooting for the Bucks anymore, but in the postseason, I was like, I'd like to see Brooke get a championship. Not not the case anymore, Brooke. I'm sorry, but I enjoy watching him play. And obviously, I have a little bit of love for all former Nets, except maybe Paul Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, the three jersey slash jerseys, T-shirt jerseys that I have are Jeremy Lin, D'Angelo Russell, and Brooke Lopez. All those three guys have a special place in my heart. Um, D'Lo, in terms of what he brought to this franchise, and it, it's been really 
crappy to sort of see how he's sort of been passed around the league and he hasn't had the sort of chance to sort of settle himself because we saw what he could do when he was provided with an environment that allowed him to flourish. So I'm hoping when he's back and under Chris Finch and um, alongside one of his best mates at Carlton Towns, he can really flourish there in Minnesota. I'm always going to have have love for D'Lo. Uh, Brooke, um, my ex-girlfriend, would always like insult me because I'd always be like, Brolo, Brolo, and she's like, Brolo, Brolo, Brolo. <laughs> I like Brooke Lopez. Calm down, babe. Um, <laughs> and then Jeremy Lin. Look, th- I I just think he's a good dude. And I think that what he brought not only to the Brooklyn Nets, but just to basketball in general. I think the, the league and the NBA and basketball is better with characters, with icons. And I think Jeremy Lin is an icon. And I hope he can work his way back from the, the G League showcase onto an NBA team because uh, I think the league is better without with him. And even if it, um, what he was doing uh, in New York or Lin Sanity, just uh, icon, absolute icon in the history of basketball. And, and I don't think I'm overstating myself in saying it. For sure. I mean, internationally, his impact obviously is huge, and he, he's trying to fight his way back in the G League. It's been fun to see. But like you said, obviously, D'Lo, he's done a lot for this team in terms of it was only, you know, a short stint, but it was a very impactful stint there. But uh, Jake, VJ, any questions for us? I'd just like to throw Vince Carter. I used <sighs> to, Vince, as a Jersey fan, Vince Carter, and even how, even though it didn't go end well, but Jason Kidd, I'd always root yeah. for after he, you know, got traded. And I remember rooting for the Mavericks in 11 like like they were the Nets just because of Jason. And as far as questions go, the one I had, you forgot the most important question, is Blake Griffin going to dunk on Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think that Twitter would explode if he does, but I've actually got to feel... He said it, I think, in the, in the AMA when he was asked about it. He's like, just wait and see. And I'm like... My dude is ready. He's got the hops. Throughout the Kia car, I think Blake's going to give us... Uh, he might not give us like one of those signature physical jams, but he's given us something. He's 6'10", man. It's not that high to jump and dunk. So whether it's a, a fast break dunk from James Hart, I'm going to predict a fast break dunk from James Hart. He gets out and, and an open in transition. Not as uh, fancy as what we've expected from the Blake of old. Yeah, I mean, it definitely increases probability playing with James Harden. And even the way Kyrie's been passing lately has been pretty easy for DJ. So I would be, I'm going to give it a 55% chance, a little bit more than half. I think, you know, if he has the opportunity, he'll try to dunk it because, like you said, Jack, Twitter will explode. And I think it'll also bring some just like extra hype to the Nets for some odd reason. I'd sure. want to, yeah, I'd love to see the bench reaction if that <laughs> happened. Uh, I'd want to see something like the reaction when Garrett Temple. <laughs> did that fast break dunk last year and like Kevin Durant just like made fun of him. <laughs> the baby dunk. Yeah, the baby dunk. <laughs> Jake, anything from you? Yeah, uh, I guess. Um, so we're, we're all confident in the Nets finals chances, but what team in the Eastern Conference gives you the most heebie-jeebies? What, what team do you think could, you know, as talented as we are, stop the Nets in a seven-game series? Yeah, I think this is an easy one to an extent. I think it's Philadelphia. You know, you look at Joel Embiid, and that's the guy. Like, he's a guy that can cause a problem, and obviously they have an elite perimeter defender in Ben Simmons, too. And there's been some chatter about them acquiring Kyle Lowry. I think if they were to acquire Kyle Lowry, that would move up a little bit. I think right now there's a – I don't want to say any fear, but, hey, that would be a good matchup. That's a team we're not going to sweep. They're going to make us earn the win. And they have a good head coach in Doc Rivers and some other good pieces in that team. So I think Philadelphia is the easy choice here. Milwaukee just doesn't really have that much pop to me. And to be honest, the rest of the Eastern Conference, I don't think has enough talent to match up with the Nets. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll go with Milwaukee for the sake of that I don't think they were at their best. And that's not to say that Nets were at their best the last time we faced them. You know, Drew Holiday, obviously now coming back um, coming back from COVID and hopefully he works his way back into full health because I want the East to be popping. I want the Nets to, to knock down the, the best of the best, the best version. Uh, the Bucks obviously working out their defense. Uh, is this switching going to work? The Nets are, are certainly working out the kinks of that as well. I'll give a shout out to the Miami Heat. There's just something about the Heat. You know, Eric Spolscher, one of the, the best coaches in the league. Their physicality always gives us prob- problems. Jimmy Butler is just a hooper. That dude is absolutely maniacal when it comes to uh, winning any game of basketball, let alone a playoff game. And Bam Adebayo always seems to kill us too. So if the Heat somehow, we get up, if they get to like the seven seed and we're, we're going to get the two seed, that's going to be a goddamn you know physical and really tough first round matchup. And also, I'll give some love to, to the Boston Celtics. If they actually do make a move, if Danny Ainge actually does put all his cards on the table for once, rather than hypothetically putting his cards on the table, then we'll, we might actually see something. Because I think Tatum is only going to continue to grow. Jalen Brown's been awesome. If Kemba Walker can be healthy and at least 80% of himself, and Marcus Smart, who I think is just so damn important to what they do. I think that... There's four teams that I think could give the the yeah. Brooklyn Nets some some trouble uh, in the postseason. I think the East is only going to get better, but at the same time, the Nets aren't even at their best yet too. So it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think it's going to be a cakewalk, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be a cakewalk, but I think it's probably not going to be super difficult. Like, I, I'd be surprised if the Nets... What is this, really- dude? dude cut, wow. like, get, get, get on mine and VJ's level. That's chill right. it out a bit. We're halfway through the season. I mean, We're not a- you're, I'm just looking objectively, like, from a talent perspective. Like, yeah, yeah, Miami's cool and all, and they'll grind out a series, but, like, I'm scared as Tyler Hero. Like, I think also, I think just, like, in the ideal situation, you just look at a lot of flaws of teams, and then, like, yeah, the Nets have their flaws, but they also make everybody else's flaws a lot worse. And, like, we haven't even seen the big three on the court for more than seven games. So I'm feeling pretty good about where they're at. I think, really, the teams that scare me the most, like I said, are the Sixers. Then you look over to the West of the Clippers and the Lakers. And, you know, I'm not trying to disrespect the rest of the Eastern Conference, but they definitely are a step behind. Before we end this one, I want to ask you guys, who would you prefer, hypothetically, we all seem to be relatively confident that the Nets do make the finals, Hassan, who would you rather versus in a finals matchup? Is it the Clippers? Is it the Lakers? Is it the Jazz, who uh, uh, suddenly let the 2014 San Antonio Spurs? Out of those matchups, who do you think favors Brooklyn the most? And who do you think would give them the most trouble? I think the Clippers would give them the most trouble because of the bodies that they have. Like Kawhi Leonard's a two-time Defensive Player of the Year. Paul George is a former uh, Defensive Player of the Year candidate. Serge Ibaka is always a presence at the rim. Not to disrespect the Lakers and, you know, LeBron James' accomplishments, but I just feel like I'm more scared of the Clippers than I am the Lakers. Jay? It's crazy. Like, the whole regular season obviously matters, but I just feel like at the end of the day, LeBron is going to go to the finals, and I feel like it's going to be Nets-Lakers, and Katie and LeBron will be in their third different finals matchup together. Like, I, I I just think it's written, man. Like, what, or maybe maybe it is Nets Clippers this year, but I think we're going to see Nets Lakers definitely. BJ, yeah, I think it's of the top three teams uh, in in the West. I, I would say the Clippers are the toughest matchup just because they do have the bodies to throw at our big three. You know, they're going to annoy us with Beverly there, and then they'll have George and Leonard to throw at at KD and um, James. So like, you know. 
KD probably has the best matchup there just because he's a unicorn when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to his ability to get a shot off. But I think that's that that matchup is definitely harder than the Lakers, but both challenging. Max? Uh, I'm going to have to say the Lakers are probably the toughest matchup. I just think it's hard to deal with the switchy defenders they have with LeBron and Davis. And even if they want to put in like a Montrezl Harrell to just deal with Blake Griffin or help down and bring that energy. But I also want to play them in the finals because when if we win or when we win, I want to be able to say we beat the best team. I don't want to have a situation where it's like, oh, you won't beat the Miami Heat because it was the bubble or because you beat the – Cavaliers because Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love got hurt. I want to beat the best of the best so that we can say we're one of the greatest teams of all time. Yeah, and Love I think a, a win over LeBron means the most to Kevin Durant for his legacy. Obviously, on a personal level, it means a lot to Kyrie Irving. Right. So I think from a legacy perspective, you'd want to face the Lakers to get that. But I think the Clippers wouldn't be bad, obviously, either. Beating Kawhi and Paul George would be an accomplishment in itself. I think if they did end up facing the Jazz, I feel like people would give them the least amount of respect for beating Utah, <laughs> even though they're a really well-constructed team and have a lot of great players. It's just, we all know it's all about the stars in the NBA, and that's what the Nets have, that's what the Lakers have, and that's what the Clippers have, and the Jazz to a smaller extent. But, guys, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? If we win a championship, let's send Danny Ainge a thank you card. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir! <laughs> all right, fellas. Hassan, Jake, BJ, Max, and Jack, obviously, always a big pleasure. Appreciate all the support you guys give the buzz and taking the time out of your day to hop on right now. This has been awesome. And if the Nets win a championship, I think we'll have to do a little reunion at the end of the year. So uh, mark the calendar yourself yeah. ready. Um, big thanks, everybody, and catch us on all streaming platforms. Nets world. Nets world. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.